And our, our God is just is so, so amazing. Um, today, we kind of were reminded of how short this life is and how quick it can end up that we end up, we could end up in eternity. As we heard about uh, a star athlete, Kobe Bryant, uh, passing away, 41 years old, young man. And he passed away, and, and in a moment, he's in eternity. And we, do, we don't know his heart. Um, when we get to heaven, we're going to be surprised by people that are, are in heaven. And we are going to be surprised by, probably by people, the sad part is we're going to be surprised by people that we knew that aren't in heaven. And... Um, but I want you to just think, like, it could happen. That's just supposed to remind every single one of us. So if we have conversation this week, and as you talk to people, and they're like, oh, that's, that's so tragic what happened to that young basketball player. It can give opportunity to say, well, that could happen to any one of us, or like tomorrow. And at least I know, and you can hopefully you can tell them. Hopefully it's on your heart. I know where I'm going because I have accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And I have hope. And so we've been looking at what the Old Testament has to say about hope. And sometimes you'll find the word the word hope in the Old Testament. And it will be used. It's back and forth, back and forth. Wait, hope, wait, hope. Trust is another word that's often used for the word Word hope. So when we get to the Old Testament and we read about hope, it says there, excuse me, that's a, where I started last week. That's okay, Matt. I'll just, those are things we should not have hope in. But there are some things that we should have hope in as we re- look and we read through the Old Testament. Now, the cross, remember what I've been saying, when you get to the cross, the cross changes everything. I know, I know our calendar. We, we, we think about it and, and we change the calendar at the moment of Christ's birth. And we talk about BC, before in Christ's birth. But probably if we we're going to do a more accurate calendar, when everything changed, it changed at the moment of his resurrection. His birth was special. Don't, don't get me wrong there. The, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ and his, his leaving heaven and stepping down into earth and taking on the form of man, that was a big, important event. But it was his resurrection that changed everything. And like I said, when Christ comes into our life, he changes the way our language comes out of our mouth. And when Jesus Christ died on the cross... He changed the language of the Bible. It's amazing. And, and Jesus Christ said that himself. He said, I must die. I must leave you. Because when I do, you are going to experience greater things. And he spells out those greater things. And we look in the Old Testament. And I'd like us to look at, look at Psalm 119. Easiest chapter in the whole Bible to find because it's the biggest one. 
You go to the middle of the Bible and you'll find Psalm 100, Psalm, and then find Psalm 119. And you get to verse 49. Psalm 119, 49. And, and it says there, Remember the word of your servant, upon which you have caused me to hope. And so if you were to read, and I put up there, you'll see on the screen, I put Psalm 119, the whole chapter. Because that's kind of found at about a third of the way through the chapter, but just about every single verse in this chapter that has 176 verses is about the Word of God. Some of our favorite verses about the Word of God come from this chapter, like Psalm 119.9, which says, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart have I sought you. Well, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word have I hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. God, the word of God has the power to change people's lives. And you can have real biblical hope in the fact that God's word can change your life. I, I teach Bible classes. You know, I, I always heard, when I was young, I, I, it drove me nuts when I'd hear people say, well, back in my day, and now I find myself saying, well, back in my day, <laughs> I give these kids a, a memory verse every week, and it's their responsibility to learn that memory verse, and they gotta, they've got to write it out. And I say, one, one verse a week, it's so good for you. You're at an age where you can do it. Kids will go, ah. And I'll say, we got to stand up, and we're going to read our memory verse a couple times. That's how we begin our day in Bible class. And I say, every Friday, you're going to have a memory verse. And I say, you can do one memory verse a week. I think that that's something you can do. And it's important. It changes your life. And we see right here, the Word of God is powerful. And it can change your heart. I, I love one of my favorite verses in the Bible comes from Psalm 119.2. And it says, for in verse 89, it says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. And I, I'm like a, I'm a visual person. And right here. We've got a copy of the Word of God sitting sitting right down here. And today, was it Sean, you brought me that little tiny scroll of everything written in Hebrew and stuff. Um, and I always pictured like a podium in heaven, like this beautiful golden podium, probably like with diamonds around it and just, just the most, most magnificent thing. It doesn't need a glass case because that book's never going to wear out. But there is just the official written copy of the Word of God. I don't know that that's how it's absolutely going to be, but that's what I have pictured in my mind is that there is going to be 
the word of God, the foundation that we can always go up to and look at and say, here is the standard by which God said it. And his word is settled in heaven forever. 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And the Old Testament believers said, you can have hope in the word of God. If God said it, he promised it, it's going to happen. There's another thing that um, the Old Testament believers could have hope in, and that, that is the salvation of God. And also in this chapter, Psalm 119, verse 166, it says, it says there, Lord, I hope for your salvation, and I do your commandments. Please don't use that word hope there like we often do. I love the word hope and I try as often as I can to consciously use that word correctly. But since I, the time I was a child, I used that word inappropriately. Boy, oh boy, I hope the New York Giants beat the New England Patriots. Boy, oh boy, I hope I get a bike for Christmas. And I, I was conditioned to use it. i got to change my speech. And I've got to think through it. And when we see that, ver that word right here in verse 66, Lord, I hope for your salvation. That's an expected promise of God. You can count on it. And so that's why we need to change it from, from what we, the way we have been taught to use it, the way we have used it in our lives to, to be more of a, my hope is built in nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We need to be actively changing the way we use that word. There are some things in the Old Testament that God's hope provided. And, and I started this off. I, I, I got excited when I put this down here because I wanted to call Neil. I, I had to. And I knew he was going to be out of town when I was sharing this. And, but now he's here. <laughs> so he, he came back. And I said, I'm going to pre preach my prosperity gospel message. And I knew I'd get Neil. And I knew he'd be like, Pastor Scott. <laughs> and... and um, so, but when I look in the Old Testament and I read about the hope that God provides, it's place your hope in God because that's where your prosperity is coming from. And it had to do with earthly things. If you were a slave in Egypt, you had hope that God would send a deliverer. And you had hope that at the end of wandering around the wilderness, God would provide you with a land flowing with milk and honey. And when you get to the New Testament, like I said, the resurrection changed everything. And our hope is, is really, really because of Jesus Christ. And what he did, he, he said, hey, when you accept me as your personal Savior, 
Your eternal life starts today. People in the Old Testament, they, 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 their relationship with God was based on faith alone. Abraham was an example of that. And belief in God, there is only one way to heaven for them too. But the way we look at things and the way God works with people changes with the resurrection. Old Testament people, when, when they look at hope, they look at things like a, a coming deliverer. Let's look at Psalm 25. In Psalm 25, it says, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits for you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who treacherously, who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your paths, O Lord. Teach me your ways. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindness, for they are from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me. For your goodness sake, O Lord, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way. The humble, he guides in justice. And the humble, he teaches his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach the way he chooses. He himself shall dwell in prosperity, and his inherit his descendants shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn yourself to me and have mercy on me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have enlarged. Bring me out of my distress. Look on my affliction and my pain and forgive all my sins. Consider my enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with cruel hatred. Keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be, ash let me not be ashamed, for I put my tr trust in you. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me. For I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all their troubles. So there you see in Psalm 25, that's an awesome song. It's a great thing to get up and read in the morning. But, and, and just how God, those who wait in God, those who put their trust, their hope in God, they're not going to be ashamed. God is a great thing, a wonderful thing to put your, your hope in. But they were waiting for an earthly deliverer. Someone who would free them from their enemies. You get to the New Testament. And Jesus Christ dies on the cross. And the focus is changed. The focus 
is changed from those around you and the earth to your focus is now on your hope doesn't just lie here. Your hope is in heaven, which was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Wow. Also, you look in the Old Testament and you hope meant waiting on the Lord meant that that you could have hope in recovering from illness. Let's look in Isaiah chapter 38. In Isaiah chapter 38, in verses 10 to 20, it said, it says, I said in the prime of my life, I shall go to the gates of Sheol. I am deprived of the remainder of my years. I said, I shall not see Yah, the Lord in the land of the living. I shall observe man no more among the inhabitants of the world. My lifespan is gone. Take me like a shepherd's tent. I have cut off my life like a weaver. He cuts me off from the loom. From day until night, you make an end of me. I have considered until morning like a lion. So he breaks all my bones. From day until night, you make an end of me. Like a crane or a swallow. So I chattered. I mourned like a dove. My eyes fail from looking upward. O Lord, I am oppressed. Undertake for me. What shall I say? He has both spoken to me and he himself has done it. I shall walk carefully all my years. In the bitterness of my soul, O Lord, by these things men live. And in all these things is the life of my spirit so you will restore me and make me live indeed it was for my own peace that i had great bitterness but you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption for you have cast all my sins behind your back for sheol cannot thank you death cannot praise you those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your truth, the living, the living man, he shall praise you as I do this day. The father shall make known your truth to the children. The Lord was ready to save me. Therefore, the, the Lord, the Lord was ready to save me. Therefore, we will sing my songs with stringed instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. The, the context of this this song of praise was when Hezekiah's life was extended and God helped him to recover from illness. Now, as I, as I look and as I share, I put this together a while ago. And a couple weeks ago, I put together what I would talk about this morning. And I didn't know when it would fall. But the next thing I wanted to talk about was an example of this is John chapter 5, verses 1 to 15, what we talked about this morning. And the pool of Bethesda. And those people, 
as they were sitting around that pool, waiting for the, the angel to stir the water so that they could get in, their hope was that God would send that angel down and stir up the water. They had hope in a God who could cure them of their illness. And I'm not saying that, that we don't have a God that can cure illness today. We absolutely have a God who is still in the business of healing. But we have a power, the power to go to God and ask a petition to pray to him at any time. And the focus of our hope is taken away from a, a pool with an angel stirring and looking to a God in heaven who is preparing a home for you. And if he heals, I'm going to pray to him. And if he heals me, wonderful. I have more time to serve him. But if he wants me home, he can take me home. Because my hope is that I have eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. And this hope is an amazing thing. Now, now, I'd like to, many of you guys are reading through the Bible this year. And I've just, I've just got to say, I am. I'm so pleased. I was standing back there this morning, and ever since I've challenged the church to, to read through the Bible, I've got people saying, I'm listening to it, Pastor Scott. I'm current. Now, a couple people said that to me this morning. They said, I'm current. I'm reading my Bible. I, I'm still right on task. And one lady said, Pastor Scott, I've never read through my Bible before, but I'm determined to do it, and I'm still good. I said, wonderful. And if you're not good, don't worry. Because you can get caught up and you can make it too. If you've got if you've got that purpose in your heart that you're going to read through the Bible this year, then then get caught up. Get started today. You can do it. You can make it. And, and I just got I'm so excited because I'm not hounding people and they're coming up to me and they're saying, Pastor Scott, I'm reading through the Bible. I'm reading through the Bible. I'm like, wonderful. This is exciting. Lord, this is what I've been praying for. This is awesome. I just need to figure out how to get ninth graders to read their science homework. <laughs> so whatever's working that people are reading the Bible, let me know and I'll hopefully maybe, well, reading the Bible is a whole lot more exciting than reading science homework sometimes. But you're going to get to the point in the Bible where there's going to be Maybe some days where you get up in the morning, you crack your Bible open, and you'll be reading, and you'll go, oh boy, this is this is tough one to read. I always try to read in a couple places each morning, because there are times where you get to the book of, like, 1 Chronicles, and like the first 10 chapters of 1 Chronicles are genealogy after genealogy after genealogy. Now, on Wednesday nights, we're going to be talking about how every single word of God's Bible is very important and it is profitable. And I believe that every word was put there by God on purpose. Each and every word. You can't. 
You can't fake it on one little word. And even those genealogies are important. But in First Chronicles chapter 4, tucked right in there, is something that was really popular a few years ago. I read a book, a little, a little tiny book. It was a book that you could read in like an hour or something called The Prayer of Jabez. And in First Corinthians, in First Chronicles, First Chronicles chapter four, we've got that. And if you look, you'll see it's tucked right into this chapter that starts out. The sons of Judah were Perez, Hezron, Carmi, Ur, and it goes on and on and on. And that's why I said sometimes those days get hard to read through, but it's just. Stuck right in there is this amazing verse. And I want to look at it. And in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, it says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the name of the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil, and that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. And, and people said, Oh, man, this prayer of Jabez, this is something... That we need to be praying. And, and I, this is a wonderful passage of scripture. Because we do see God blessing Jabez. And God enlarging his territory. And him keeping him from evil. And not causing him pain. And God answering that request. But let me tell you Christian. Just because you say... I'm going to take this verse and I'm going to claim it as my own. And I'm going to pray that, that prayer of Jabez. God absolutely may choose to bless you. But God may also choose to give you trials beyond your wildest imagination. What did Jesus Christ say? In this world, you will have trouble. Paul, what did he give to him? A thorn in the flesh. And he begged God three times. They take him away from him. And God said, hey, in this situation, my grace is sufficient for you. So in my understanding of the fact that God deals differently with people at different times. And the cross changed everything. I look in the Old Testament. And, and if you trusted in God. And you had hope in God. Your hope was in Him. You know God gave you. Earthly and earthly focus of hope. Look at guys like Abraham. And Joseph and Job. And none of those, those guys journeys weren't easy. When they saw God's blessing. But I get to the resurrection. And Jesus Christ becomes our example. 
It's him that we have our hope in. And it changes everything. Now next week, we're going to turn the page a little bit. We're going to look at things a little bit differently. Because next week we are going to approach the New Testament. And take a journey into the New Testament. And see how how hope changes. Because the closer you get to the cross, God begins to unveil His plan of grace. His plan of mercy found at the cross with the blood of Jesus Christ. And His plan for that eternal hope. The blessed appearing of Jesus Christ. I love it that this is, this is one of those things that I've kind of got through these studies of, of these words. Is when we come before Christ and we accept Him as our Savior. He changes the way our talk, the way the words we use. But when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he, he completely changed the meanings of words and how we look at them and how, how they are used here on this world. It's an amazing thing. And Jesus Christ talked about that so much right from John chapter 1, if you'll read it. Let's pray tonight. Dear only Father, I thank you for hope. A hope that is focused on the eternal. And Lord, this week I think about our friend Don Straub, who was sitting here not too long ago talking about that hope. And Lord, his hope has been made sight. And right now in heaven, a guy who loved to praise you here on earth is praising you in heaven. Lord, I think about Jan. Lord, a woman who who knew the troubles and trials of this world. And her hope has been made sight. And she's seen her Jesus Christ and And the problems of this world can't touch her anymore. I thank you for those truths. And while we're here, here on this world, and we're living in it, and we're trying to be different, help us to set our eyes, fix our eyes on on heaven, and live in light of eternity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.